Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These are the Keishi Tapes. You, man, and Favaz explore the backstories and interviews heard on Keishi, the longest-running rock station in the country. Welcome to the Keishi Tapes Podcast. I'm John Hewlett along with... Favaz. The Favaz. Hi, uh, Hey. The Keishi Tapes, driven by legendsofrock.io. Visit legendsofrock.io to enter giveaway of rare collectibles. <laughs> We're doing an interview today that I did just last week with drummer extraordinaire, legendary drummer, man of many words, and a really good ability to sell himself and his stuff. Really? As you'll find out. Carl Palmer! Hey, from ELP days. Yeah, he plays drums just like that. He does. Um, you know, I'm really looking forward to hearing this interview because uh, I've never heard uh, Carl Palmer give an interview. Never heard his voice before. I, I think I've heard. Don't we have a, uh, a soundbite of "Hey, this is Carl Palmer from Emerson Lake oh, and maybe, Palmer"? Yeah, yeah. Man, that's the only time I maybe have heard it. But mm-hmm. uh, other than yeah. that, no. Oh, he's spry and he's uh, he's he's got a lot of energy, man. And you called him in the UK. I got his home phone number. <laughs> Anytime you want to call Carl Palmer about something, I'm your man. Um, I can't think of anything to call him about because I don't play drums. But Mark Close does. Oh. So Mark Close used to be the best drummer I knew, but not anymore. Not anymore. All no right. way. Yeah. All right. Well, let's find the uh, buttons and make sure they're all working properly. And let's get to the interview. Are you recording we? over there? Yes, I'm recording okay. over here. All right, all right, all right. No guarantee it'll <laughs> stick, but uh, here we go. What's this? Okay. Hello, hello. And we welcome to the phone lines here, KC95, the great drummer, Carl Palmer of Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Hi, Carl. Hey, how you doing, John? Good. Now, see? Told yeah, you. You're, he sounds like John Anderson. Does he? Yeah, I think he does. John Anderson of Yes. Yes. I'm calling Carl, and he's in, in England somewhere, and this connection is fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. I'm actually, I'm just on the, on the, on the outskirts of London. Ah, I see. What kind of day you have in there today? Absolutely gorgeous, John. Absolutely gorgeous. Like, really nice. Not too warm, a little bit of a breeze, lots of sun. No, it's, it's perfect. It's really good. Oh, it's a perfect a... day to be indoors doing interviews. So much for the uh, <laughs> London fog. Uh, well, that's just one day, John. Yeah, it's just one day. Yeah. <laughs> well, how much time do we have with you today? Uh, how long do you need? I don't know, t- 10, 15 minutes, something like that. I'm here till next Wednesday, so take, you know, whatever you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're excited that you're coming back to St. Louis to the Wildy Theater, and you're doing yes. the 50th anniversary show, The Return of Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Tell us about it. Well, um, this show is basically, you know, it's Greg and Keith actually on film from the Royal Albert Hall playing along why, with Why, me. John? Yeah. Why, why Greg and Keith, are, why are they on film? They're dead. Oh! Yes, yes. You mean they croaked? 
They croaked okay. a all while right. back, yeah. All right. It's all been edited. I've personally edited it all. I don't know if you've seen the sizzle reel. I, I think have. probably many of your listeners might have seen it already. But I've got these giant screens each side of the stage, one downstage, and Greg and Keith appear. And we play things like Lucky Man. We play things like uh, ooh, Knife Edge. Fanfare for the Common Man, Ooh. from the beginning. There's about six pieces we play together as a band, and it's all the footage from the Royal Albert Hall in the mid-90s. Yes. There was a five-camera shoot, so I've managed to uh, adapt it all, so it looks like they're there on stage with me, and it's absolutely wonderful. I'm, I'm anxious to see it, to be honest That with would you. be pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, every Emerson, Lake, and Palmer song is a Casey classic. Yeah. For sure. Just about, yeah, because yeah. they didn't put out that many albums. Right. You know? Uh oh. Well, when 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 that email sound comes through, yeah. and it's going to, I, I don't them. think it come. It, it's it's on the thing, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it is. It, uh, it when is? it comes through, it locks this computer up for a second, and then it lets loose. <laughs> let's see. Oh, come on. And it just happened. You heard it. I don't know if you heard it in the background, but let me hit this button. Nope, that started it all over. And we now. welcome to the phone Hold lines on. here. All right. Hold on. Casey 95, the great drummer. Okay, I'll find it. <sighs> Carl Palmer of Emerson Lake. How about here? Do, do, do. Can Palmer. Hi, Carl. Hey, wow. how you doing? What's going on? I'm moving it. I'm moving the cursor. Sometimes, John. Good. Now, I'm calling Carl, and he's in. Double click on stop. where the cursor is. Okay, stop. Okay. Go to the cursor. Hit play. Come to the concert. The actual concert is being mixed live whilst you're in the room. My drums are being played live, and Keith Emerson's keyboards are being remixed, back, along with Greg's back, voice back. and my yeah. drums, as if it was the band. Camera shoot, so I've managed to uh, adapt it all, so it looks like they're there on stage with me, and it's absolutely wonderful. The reason we can do this is because the audio was recorded separately. So when you the audio comes uh, to the con- I was going to ask. I mean, how, how is he going to do that? But he answers it right here. Yeah. Concert, the actual concert is being mixed live whilst you're in the room. My drums are being played live, and Keith Emerson's keyboards are being remixed, along with Greg's voice and my drums, as if it was the band on stage. So it's as authentic as what you can get. It's not like a hologram. These are the real guys at the top of their game doing their very best. Wow. And it just, it's a great thing to have finally arrived at. The families are totally into this, by the way. Yeah. The Emerson's love it, the Lakes love it, and uh, I know Greg and Keith would have loved to have seen it done this way rather than a hologram anyway. So I'm very, very happy. And we've got to thank technology at the end of the day. That's what's done it, having this great technology around us. And I had some great people working with me on the, on the editing. Uh, we managed to, uh, we've managed to nail it, so I'm very, very happy. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. He likes technology. Yeah. Imagine I mean, that. But but he sells it good, doesn't he? Yeah, he makes he you want to be there. Yeah. Well, do you know when the show is? Yeah, it's Wildy Theater coming up uh, July, I want to say 24, 25. Well, let's see. We oh, get into it. Here. And, and, you know, you had to get a lot of people involved to okay this before you got that done. Was that hard to do? You know, like you said, the different families and management and all that kind of stuff? Well, the management was easy because management are always a bit greedy, aren't they? So um, they're, always <laughs> they're always greedy. Make the box. <laughs> no, no, I'm being a bit facetious there. No, you're not. No, no it's the most difficult thing was getting it to the standard that I know I could accept 
and I know Greg and Keith would have gone for, and then I could present it to the family. So to get to that stage was, you know, quite dramatic. And, and we arrived at it, and it was quite a sort of a traumatic situation, doing all the editing, going back over those old days. It was quite emotional. But, you know, after the... It took between eight and nine, maybe... I, well, I, I redid Lucky Man, some of the editing on that the other week. Let's say this took roughly ten and a half weeks, more or less, to do. So the first three weeks were quite emotional, going through all the pieces to see what would work. You mean and he cried a lot? And then after that, you know, I was a man at work, and I had mm -hmm. to get a job done, and uh, now it's all the glory. You know, I can play with Greg and Keith every night on six, seven pieces. There's a, I hated them when they were alive, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> My gosh. But, you know, on these videos, they don't argue with me anymore. Yeah, they, they, so they just really, shut up. They just really, shut up. It really works out well for me. Individual piece by Keith, a piano solo. Which of course we can. It's him on his own, but it had to be done because Keith always plays a piano solo in the set on his yeah. own. So this was from the Royal Albert Hall as well, a piece called Creole Dance. So it's, it's as close as you can get to seeing Emerson, Lake and Palmer in their heyday, as it were. And that heyday was incredible. I mean, you guys were playing stadiums. People today, uh, younger generations, probably have no idea how huge Emerson, Lake and Palmer was back there in the, in the 70s. Now, I'm only just beginning to realize myself, to tell you the truth, because when you're living in it, you yeah. don't actually appreciate it because it goes so fast. Plus, I lost all the money. <laughs> and you just wound up with the whole thing. So for me, this has been, a, this has been a, a great trip down memory lane. And just seeing how great the musicianship was, the singing, the writing. Um, so I've got my band as well in the set. My band yeah. play about another six or seven. And I've seen those guys before. Really? I saw him last time he came here, and it was just his drums and then uh, the, the uh, 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 guitarist and a keyboard player. And it was a good show. Really? Of course, he sets the drums up in the middle of the stage, right in front, you know, as opposed oh, to a drummer. Oh, he's a star, <laughs> man. <laughs> Which is cool. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It was he should. And, and um, um, uh, Al Canal, up there at the Wildy, put me right in the front row, right in the middle. Because, I don't know, for whatever reason, well, he did Al, that. Well, that's and, Al for you, man. Yeah, he did that for us, too, with John Wade. That's right. I know. He's, he's <laughs> awesome, and he takes great care of us. I, of course, I, Al. He, he loves when we mention his shows on the radio, too. But, uh, yeah, and I was sitting right in front of the drums, and he's just pounding the hell out of him. The dude is still as good as he was back mm. when he was young. Pieces by Emerson, Lake, and Palmer again. We play things like uh, um, Hoedown, uh, Carmina Barana, Tarkus, that epic sort of prog piece. Tarkus, that's a KC classic. So okay. it's all integrated together, so it's all one big show. Never heard of it? One but remember, <laughs> it doesn't have to be good to be a KC classic. Oh, Thank you. Oh, that's so hurtful. Okay. With Greg and Keith, the... Paul and Simon, the two guitar players, both play some supportive roles underneath the ELP music. Like when we're playing Lucky Man, there's a couple of little lead lines in there. Uh, when we do Paper Blood, uh, there's a couple of little uh, lines from the guitar and things that Paul puts on. So we enhance it. But it's mainly the, you know, when it's Emerson, Lake and Palmer, it's mainly the three of us with some very sort of minor sort of uh, accompaniment parts from Paul and Simon. But then we, we stretch out as a band on all the other stuff, you know. Did he say Paul, Simon? is in his band. Oh, my God. I don't think God. he was talking about that Paul Simon, John. <laughs> oh, Paul and Simon. Yes, yes, yes. My, Sometimes my hearing is... <laughs> On the other seven tunes that we play together, which are, you know, are quite involved pieces, you know. 
Yeah, we're speaking with Carl Palmer, drummer of Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. He's coming to St. Louis, the Wildy Theater, Monday, July 24th, and Tuesday, July 25th with Welcome Back, My Friends, the return of Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. And it's going to be a really, really special two nights in Edwardsville. So get your tickets. The first night has sold out. We added this second night, which I believe is the 24th. You know, there's still some tickets for that. So I want everyone to know that. But uh, we've had a, we had such a great reception, and uh, we ended up turning people away who couldn't get tickets, yeah. and I got to hear about it. So I said, well, you know, let's try a second night. So we're into our second night, and there are still some seats available, that's okay. for sure. So we're really looking forward to doing this. And I like the Wildy. It's, it's not the biggest place, but, you know, it's got a great atmosphere. The people are absolutely superb. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's going to be a great night out for me. Yes. Now, you were talking uh, when you were speaking of how this was all put together about uh, it was emotional for you. What were some of those emotions you felt when you were putting this all together? Well, that is an in-depth question mm. from the human. Yeah, got to try to make them cry. <laughs> they like us because we make them laugh. They love us because we make them cry. All right, let's see if he cries here. It's an old radio, mod- <laughs> radio uh, strategy. In the individual performances, you have to realize that this yeah. was a five-camera shoot. So I could look at all different shots. This mm. was released on DVD, first of all. Let me just explain that. It was called uh, Emerson, Lake & Palmer, live at the Royal Albert Hall. Mm. It was released on Universe, uh, on Sanctuary, sorry, on Sanctuary. Sanctuary got sold, and during that three-week period that this DVD of Emerson, Lake & Palmer was released, it got lost in the wash. So it didn't sell many copies. Because when Universal came onto the scene, they didn't really go into any promotion on it because they wanted to start afresh. So this got lost, which now works in in my favor because not so many people have seen this footage. Uh, I think it's sold about. Smart. Yeah, yeah, it is smart. Yeah, yeah. Got lost in the wash, John. Oh, yeah, yeah. He kept, so, see, he kept the DVD in his pocket, and his wife threw his pants <laughs> in the washing machine, and then out went all the money. Yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. And then 12,000 copies worldwide. So for me, this was very important, because it was two nights at the Royal Albert Hall, five camera shoot both nights. Both nights, the audio was recorded separately, which meant that I could take it all apart, mm-hmm. take away the drums, clean the tracks up, so I could play live with the original audio and I could get whatever camera shots I wanted because it was a five camera shoot. I didn't need me in there on any of these pieces so I had to edit myself out and just get the best shots of Keith through Lucky yeah. Man, through fan, Fanfare, through Knife Edge, and all this kind of stuff. And the same for Greg. And that's what we've managed to do. So that's where it was emotional, just sort of watching them from different angles and shots we didn't use on the original DVD that was released. Like when I was doing my drum solo and Keith Emerson was over there smoking a doobie. <laughs> that pissed me off. That's, you're supposed to listen to me. I wonder drum. if he shows any of that, John. Yeah. Oh, no. You know, oh, yeah. yeah, what they were Keith doing. Keith and when, uh, Greg, were they? When he's doing a 20 minute solo. <laughs> the most important thing I'm saying here is that this was group approved by Greg and Keith. So, uh, you know, I'm very happy that it, it, the public did get to see it, though not many did, but it was group approved anyway, mm-hmm. family approved. So this is a, this is 100%, you know, as we all wanted to see it. Yeah. Let's go back, if you have some time here, to talk a little bit about the, the careers of Emerson, Lake, and Palmer as a band. You know, that very first album came out, and Lucky Man was on that. How, how did, uh, I mean, and that's a Greg Lake song he, he wrote and sang. Uh, tell us about the, that, the involvement of that tune, if you can. 
Well, I mean, I can't tell you an awful lot about that tune. Greg and uh, myself recorded that in the studio on our own. We put down an acoustic guitar with some drums, and we worked out some drum parts to make sure it would fit. Mm -hmm. He then added the bass. The reason why we did it on our own was Keith had some problem, whether it was in a traffic jam or stuck the other side of town, didn't get there. So we thought we'd just start. So we started. Greg had, had written the tune when he was a young guy, so he said, um, when he was oh, he <laughs> like 8, 10 or 12, I'm not too sure exactly, mm -hmm. but he wrote it years and years ago and obviously had changed some of the lyrics as time had gone by. So anyway, the two of us recorded it. Keith came into the studio and we basically got some harmonies on there. We got a bass guitar on there. We got the, all of the drums were on worked out. We got all the verses, chorus. Everything was done mid-late and whatever. So Keith came in and started to play and the first thing he played, we recorded. And the first thing that we recorded is what you hear on the original recording of Lucky Man, that Moog solo which became iconic to keyboard players yeah. and to the music business at the time because the Moog synthesizer was a brand new sort of instrument, as it were. That solo was his first take. He did try many times after that, like Keith Emerson would, but we managed to keep the first one, and it was a humdinger, and it really worked. And that, that's the best I can tell you on Lucky Man. It was an awful long time ago. Yeah, yeah, well, it's a great story. Thank you. And then, and then, of course, you know, from the beginning is another big Emerson Lake and Palmer song that we still love here in, in St. Louis and play a lot. Uh, and that's another Greg Lake song. Greg was pretty good at writing those, those uh, tunes that could end up becoming a little more commercialized, wasn't he? Well, you have to understand that we, you know, we, everyone called us a prog rock band. Yeah. And I can understand that because we always use the latest technology, and that seemed to be related to that terminology, prog rock. But, you know, that we were quite eclectic as a band because we played classical adap adaptations, like Peaches had an exhibition by Mazorsky, mm -hmm. Barbarian by Bartok, which was a bit of a folk song, uh, originally a Hungarian folk song. So we played a lot of stuff which was kind of oddball in a way. Plus, you know, we wrote some individual sort of uh, pieces um, and Greg added what his main ingredient was which was that beautiful sort of three chord four chord sort of song yeah yeah. So bringing it all together, you know, even though it's called prog rock, it really wasn't. It was an eclectic music, and it managed to get through onto radio because of his songs. But once the door was open and people started diving into those albums, they would realize, you know, what was on brain salad surgery, what pictures had an exhibition was all about, and what pieces like Knife Edge were about, which was a rock song on that first album. So it was quite a clever combination of ideas and musical direction really and uh, yes he yeah. was very very talented and what what he added to the group was a, a a major influence well a major influence on getting radio to listen to us in the first place which has always been a problem and it's still a problem today and at that particular time in the 70s radio was a lot freer in america it was less corporate than what it is today so you could get more things played at different times of the day you could get prog tunes played at one o'clock in the afternoon drive time which is difficult now but we could always get the ballads played at any time of the day at any time right up until when we finished at the end of the 90s when we decided to, to call it a day so mm -hmm. you know we do we do have a lot to thank greg for you're absolutely right wow isn't he fantastic wow he knows the business yeah yeah even when i he asked sure him does. a question about uh uh, lucky man the story goes well i can't tell you much about it and then he went on for you know four <laughs> minutes and told a fantastic story yeah wow yeah who came up with the term the title brain salad surgery the wording of brain salad surgery comes from a Dr. John song, and I saw it in there, and I just mentioned to the guys, <laughs> why don't we... Dr. John. Oh, oh, a Dr. Yeah. John? Yeah, wow. Dr. John. 
call it something really oddball like brain salad surgery <laughs> and uh they said where did that come from and i said i think it's part of a line or it's two words and something from another line of of dr john and that's that's where it came from we actually did appear you won't believe this but we did actually appear on the same bill as dr john and we were quite taken back for, by him uh, uh, overall you know with his hat and his his piano playing which was quite exceptional yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah dr john is he was he's, man yeah he's a legendary guy in, yeah. in england back in the day yeah very uh, flamboyant and uh, uh, I think flamboyant for, for being in that time uh, a gay person. Right place. Must have been the wrong time. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and, and, and being a closeted gay That's man, I think, for a long time. Oh, really? I think he is. I think he is. Yeah, wow. wasn't wasn't he like Elton I don't know. John? I, and I haven't heard that. I have to check on that, but. Uh, but but, but I, I am I am sing, I am not. singing I am singing the Dr. Yeah, yeah. Johnson. Yeah, yeah. But, but must have been the wrong place, right place with the wrong, wrong time. time. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Now you had to drum to all this that was going on. It could be commercial, as as you said, at times could be very eclectic and and progressive. And uh, your your drumming, I think I would say that in, at least in my mind, you're the first drummer who like when somebody saw this what was going on on stage, you just sat there with your mouth open. Like, how in the hell is he doing that? Tell us about your input into this fantastic band that, that unfortunately didn't last near as long as it probably could have or should have. No, well, we had a run of about seven and a half years yeah. to start off with, from about 70, 71 up to about 78. And then the Refor Reformation uh, came, what, 92 up to about 98. So we, we had a fair shot. Obviously, when we came back in the 90s, we weren't as big as what we were in the 70s. But we still made a few albums, and, you know, it is what it is. I mean, you've got to be thankful for whatever you can get in the music right. industry. And when you have a music like Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, which is so diverse and not of the, of the norm, you know, not so accessible to the, you know, the, the, the normal sort of people who go to concerts who want to listen to Black Sabbath, Ozzy Osbourne or Van Halen or whatever. We weren't in that area. We were in a more sort of artistic sort of area, not to say that the other bands aren't artistic, but we were, as I said before, very eclectic. Uh, and it was one of those things you either liked it or you didn't. Very, very simple. Mm -hmm. So for me as a drummer, it was ideal because, you know, the last thing I want to do is what a drummer does, which is just keep time. You know, if you want somebody to keep time i'll give you my credit card and you can go and buy yourself a drum machine you know <laughs> i like to play with the music and i like to add the colors i like to add rhythmical flavor and stuff and to do that you know emerson lake palm was absolutely perfect for me because i'd studied classical percussion at the guild hall and at the royal academy so all that sort of classical stuff uh, that i picked up which wasn't a lot to tell you the truth but enough to give me a good insight on building drum parts like for pictures i had an exhibition by mazorski because there isn't a drum part for that. There's a percussive part, but when I, once I looked at the scores, hardly any of it was relevant to what I needed to play. Um, so for me, um, it was a great opportunity to really be me. And uh, so mm -hmm. I was very grateful when Emerson, Lake and Palmer, when Emerson and Lake came along. Yeah. What's it like being a living legend? I don't know. I've never asked one. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You're one of, them. You're one of know, them for sure. I've never thought of myself as a legend. I've just been here a long time. I, I will agree on that. Um, you know, I, I just love to play. I, I'm not into the. I'm not into being a famous rock star. Uh, I, I'm not here for mm -hmm. the money. I'm here really for the music and to improve my craft. So, you know, I really. I mean, I've already practiced a couple of hours today before we've spoken. So, I'm, I'm just into what I do, and yeah. I just hope I can carry on doing it for many, many more years. Many, many more years. Well, I saw you here when uh, a couple of years ago when you were at the Wildy, and uh, it's it's obvious that you still. 
like you said, practice a lot and, and keep your chops. He said he, he, when, before this interview started, he had already practiced two hours on the drums. He oh practiced it every day. Every day? Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, nobody wants to see somebody come up there and, and try to do what they used to be able to do, especially as you get older because people get more critical. Yeah, well, the thing is, it's very obvious, you know. I've got a great philosophy. It's very simple. I'll run it down for you. It's like this. I'm going to carry on playing as long as I'm improving. I'm improving. My feet are still getting better. You know, definitely improving. When I can't improve, but I can maintain this standard that I like, I'm going to carry on. The minute I... I'm not improving, and I'm not maintaining the standard that I need, then I'll be gone. You that's won't good. even know I've yeah. gone. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. I'll yeah. just disappear in the ether across the lake. Mm. I'll be gone, and that's it. And across that's, the Greg Lake, yes. And that's <laughs> the way I look at stuff, because I don't need to be, I don't want to be a has-been. I want to be still on the cutting edge if I can, you know, right. that's for sure. And I don't mean just with the technology I'm using. I'm talking as far as drumming is concerned. It's very, very important to me, you know, to be you know, as good as I can at my craft and stay up there and, you know, do whatever. I have to tell you now that if it, the, the, the amount of information you get from YouTube and things like TikTok and films and, you know, things you can see and read and whatever, it's amazing these days. There's no reason for not keeping your interest high. And uh, I look at all this stuff daily. Wow. He knows his stuff. Yeah. yeah. He really does. He knows more than you. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, and last time I talked to him, he was involved in uh, selling the, uh, the, the 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 drumsticks that light up when you when you really? uh, play the drums. He was yeah he was invested in that company somehow and he's <laughs> made some money on that. I think wow. yeah I think that was him. Yeah mm-hmm. yes. Well, um, Mr. Palmer, you still turn me on. Pardon the pun. But... <laughs> Don't say that, John. Come on, you did. You went there. You said that. What what did he say? <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, to back it up. <laughs> yeah. To see what he said. Come on. That's an Emerson Lake and Palmer song, by the way. Yeah, uh, you 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 still are, are doing a great job, and this oh, show is going to be know. really really I'm back special. Back all the way to the beginning, you know, <laughs> to find. It. So I'll see you up there uh, again. It's July 25th. That's the sold out show, and then the the newly added show is July 24th at the Wildy Theater. It's going to be great. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to seeing you all, and come and say hi. You know, it'd be a great pleasure to say hi to you. Sounds great. Oh, he doesn't remember, but I did that last time I went in there. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I did that. I remember well, you're last so time. memorable, John. And, 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 remember meeting yeah. me? Do you know who I am? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't want to open myself up to or put him in the position of, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Asshole, thanks for yeah. doing that to me. Thanks. All right, Carl Palmer, thank you for being with us on KC95 in St. Louis. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, isn't he energetic? Yeah, he is totally wow, energetic. Wow, Carl, you're great, man. Oh. Thank you, buddy. You're welcome. Thank you for the interview. Very much appreciated. Uh huh. Bye now. Bye. How, how old is he? Seventy something. Seven mid seventies. Let me let me look. Yeah, yeah. Look, look it up. I think mid seventies. But uh, mm. yeah, it was a thrill talking to him. I I loved Emerson Lake and Palmer back in those those days. Well, that's why I knew that you would enjoy this interview. He yeah. is seventy three years old. Oh, that's kind of on the younger end of a lot of rockers because yeah. Jack Jagger's eighty. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Huh. Wow, he was great. And that's, you, you know, at the Wildy. I, I, so I was in Park City, Utah, and we went to a theater that totally reminded me of the Wildy. Oh, yeah. And I thought of the Wildy when I was in there because it was, uh, you know, it was 
just like it, and there were about 300 people uh, total, and mm-hmm. it was called the Egyptian Theater, and it, yeah. it was crazy. There are a lot of theaters like that around the country. There really mm-hmm. are. You know, many, Some have been preserved, but many of them were destroyed. Or I'm destroyed. glad we got the Wildy, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I'll close out with the way I opened the show. <laughs> and uh, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at STOU Man. I do most of my stuff these days on Instagram because um, the the kids have told me that uh, the, uh, the, uh, the photographs and the things like that. Well, Carl Palmer could have told you too. Do better on Instagram than uh, the Twitters. We should. So. That's what you should have asked him. What you should you should have asked him. Is is Instagram a better place to put your stuff uh, than yeah. Facebook or whatever? Well, I got his home phone number. <laughs> Want me to call? Long distance. It's like twelve numbers. Yeah, yeah. Oh one one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, where can they follow you, Fozzie? Uh, Casey Guy at uh, well, Casey Guy. Casey Guy. Yeah, that's Casey Guy. K S H E G U Y. That's it. The Casey Tapes, driven by LegendsOfRock.io. Visit LegendsOfRock.io to enter giveaway of rare collectibles. All right. Take care. <laughs> Hope you liked. Carl Palmer. AMF. The Casey Tapes with you, man, and Favaz. For more on the history of Casey, go to Casey95.com or the Casey mobile app.